0: This episode is brought to you by Worldwide Soba. Are you interested in making your own Japanese noodles or buying premium handmade soba, udon, or ramen noodles? Learn more at worldwide-soba.com.
1: Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. We are a member-supported nonprofit
2: food radio station. That means that every single thing we do, from broadcasting 35 weekly shows for free to bringing you exclusive content from sold-out food
1: events across the country to offering scholarships to high school students, is only possible thanks to the support of our loyal members. And we want you to join the
2: club. Become a member during our 2017 summer drive to get access to sweet swag and pledge your support to the world's only food radio station. Visit heritageradionetwork.org/donate to become a member now. One. Welcome to Japanese, I'm your host Akiko Katayama, a food writer and director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deeper understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from our studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every daily and supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashiwame and izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in, in this program with my cool guests. My guest today is Guy Bagnin, who is the owner and executive chef at Vegan sushi shop Beyond Sushi, which has four locations in Manhattan. Guy had, was also a contestant in TV show uh, Hell's Kitchen. and Sushi has become a part of the American diet, and Guy created a unique concept based on traditional Japanese sushi and he expanded the category. Uh, we'll discuss what it is, what inspired him to create Beyond Sushi, his thoughts on vegetarianism, and much, much more. But quickly before we start, Japan Eats is available on Heritage Radio Network website, as well as on iTunes and Stitcher as a podcast please go to iTunes and Stitcher and subscribe to Japan Needs and please write a review on iTunes and Stitcher. We'll really appreciate your feedback. Also, if you have ideas about topics of the show or show guests, please let us know. You can email us at at japanneeds.heritagevideonetwork.org or Kikokatema.com. And finally, uh, if you are a professional chef and interested in going to Japan, you may want to hear this. Nihon Ryori Academy, which is an NPO based in Kyoto, and basically a group of best kaiseki chefs in Japan, is organizing the 6th annual Japanese culinary art competition for professional chefs. The Kyoto final will take place on March 11, 2018 in Japan, and the winner of the first prize will receive 1 million yen, which is about 9,000 dollars, based on the current exchange rate. And regional qualifying rounds will be held on October 29th this year at the International Culinary Center in New York City. And the entry deadline is August thirty first, 2017. The Japanese culinary art competition is for chefs who are eager to experiment with new flavors and are up for a challenge on the creation of an aroma. It's an opportunity for motivated chefs to compete against other participants in creative original, original Japanese dishes. And all ages and nationalities are welcome. For more information, please visit www.kareniri-academy.jp slash eng slash usa That's Academy academyjp slash eng slash usa Now finally, let's start a conversation with Guy Vaknin. Hello Guy, welcome hey. to
3: Japanese. How are you?
2: Great. So, uh, first of all, uh, where are you from and uh, what did you eat when you grew up?
3: So, I grew up in, uh, in Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents are originally uh, born in Morocco and then moved to Israel in the sixties
1: mm-hmm.
3: and um, I grew up in a small town in Israel where the majority was immigrants from morocco mm-hmm. so I was uh usually around that my mom my mom 's cooking which uh is uh, comes and stems from there and uh, a lot of time around my grandma
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh, which uh is uh, you know, It's all based on that She was a housewife And she was at home She was always cooking and My parents got divorced when I was very little mm. So I spent a lot, a lot of time with my grandma mm. And she, you know I was always interested in seeing what she's doing How she's doing, and everything else <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: uh, Not very Japanese
2: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but you know, lately yeah, like, uh, Michael, also from, like To name a few great chefs from Israel yeah, Doing really well here
3: yeah, a lot of them a lot of them came to the states and and do their thing and very uh, very focused on what what comes from Israel and uh, the Mediterranean and everything else. I uh kind of took a different route mm. and um I wanted to create something that is that is mine, you know, more than Israel or Morocco or Japan or anything else. It's an eclectic
1: mm. uh,
3: thing uh and I think it's a lot to do from my background in cooking and how I started and
1: everything mm.
2: else. So, so oh, uh, we're going to get there um, soon. Yeah. But uh, when and why did you come to the States?
3: I came, uh, my, my father, my parents got divorced when I was very little. My father uh, moved here and um, got into the restaurant business. Mm-hmm. And he stuck to his Moroccan roots and opened Moroccan restaurants. Huh. And he had um, six restaurants in, here in the city. And I used to come and visit every year.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and spend a month or two with him. I was in the kitchen, and I was doing uh, busboying and uh, Mm. deliveries and whatever not to make a little bit of money. Um, And that's where I got into the kitchen. Mm. Um, And I came here uh, finally, or not finally, I came here just to try it out after the army. So I finished the army in Israel, I went to the army, from 18 to 22.
2: Mm, everybody goes to army, right?
3: Yeah, it's mm. mandatory. Right. Uh, everybody does certain mm. things. I went to infantry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, uh, went, as soon as I finished, I moved here two weeks after. Mm. And I thought I'm just going to come and save some money and go have a big uh, trip in Southeast Asia or in South mm. America like every other uh, Israeli guy that comes out of the army. But I, uh, I ended up staying. So, mm that's what happened i ended <laughs> up staying i ended up uh getting into the cooking business getting into uh into the restaurant with my dad and mm. uh, with the catering yeah
2: wow what was the year that you came it's
3: 2005 so uh, 12 years ago wow okay I, in april 2005 i got here mm. and um and i think no 2007 i started with a uh, culinary
2: mm. okay yeah. so well it's interesting that you know, it's a classic New Yorker story.
3: Yeah. Right, not expected. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. But uh, how did you train uh, to become a chef?
3: So I, I started in college over here after the army. I went. I wanted to, uh, I mean, the whole family really pushed me to do you know, college and go and get my education and everything else. But I came out of the army, I couldn't sit down really. And <laughs> I, went, I went into class and I was like, I didn't know what to do with myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I told my dad that I don't want to... I don't want to continue, but I really have this passion for cooking that maybe uh, one day I'll go and go to culinary school. He said, oh, let me send you to culinary school because he knew that I'll come out and be his chef. (laughs) So so I went to culinary school for seven months Mm. and a very short program uh, at ICE Institute of Culinary Education Mm. in 2007. As soon as I came out. Like I said, he fired his chef and he said, okay, you're the chef. Mm. <laughs> and that's it. And that's yeah. what happens.
2: Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, well, by the way, Beyond Sushi is a vegan food, right? Yes. So, are you a vegan by yourself?
3: I am. Mm. I am. I wasn't before I, before I started the concept, though. Okay. Yeah, it's something that not everybody knows, but <laughs> huh. I, I was not and I, had, I was very ignorant about this uh, whole uh, movement, about this, uh, mm. the whole concept, vegetarian or veganism. Hmm. It started in the catering company, I can tell you about right.
2: it. Too. Okay, so um, yeah, so where did you work after you graduated from my institute of culinary education?
3: So I went back to work for my dad and it probably took two weeks, like I said. And then he took his executive chef and told him bye-bye. And he said, <laughs> okay, you're the executive chef. I was 23. Hmm. I was very young and I, had, I didn't know anything. Mm. I mean, I knew from what I learned in school, but I had no... Uh, I had no experience in a real kitchen i've never worked under any other chef mm-hmm. so i went to school and then i was the chef <laughs> which is which is bad and good at the same time in my vision mm-hmm. it, it was bad because i i didn't necessarily knew what i was doing i was i was a good leader because i was uh, i was commanding in the army i, mm-hmm. I had about 80 something soldiers under me in the army at 21 so that that part wasn't a problem like uh running the kitchen mm. a, the food and, uh, and everything <laughs> else came along from trial and error and i think that in a way it was it was good but it, it was bad but it was good because uh, and this is why beyond sushi even came to life i don't think that if i ever worked under another chef mm. beyond sushi would come to life uh, it's because i had no restrictions so I was restricted only to my imagination, basically. Mm. So I did things that are against so many rules in, <laughs>
1: <laughs> like
3: in culinary. I mixed so many things. Even, even Gordon Ramsay, when I went to Hell's Kitchen, mm. I gave him a fish with a chocolate sauce.
1: Oh. I, I,
3: and, and he threw it at me. Mm. I mean, it was, I did so many things like that I, I could have done because nobody said, okay, this is your box and this is where you are. I could have done anything I wanted, mm. basically so um, so I tried, and sometimes it, i mean most times it, it went good because we grew the business within mm. within uh, but a lot of times it did <laughs> a lot of times it was disasters, and I overworked in the kitchen and hours and hours, but mostly i did I did studying by myself, so I mm. sat down and I learned and I read and I read and I tried and again and again, and I think that in a way uh, it's a good way. Mm. Do I miss that part—that working with another chef and getting inspired and learning things? It's something that I didn't have in my in my career, but it's working fine.
2: Mm. You know, right. just well, got to yes, stay think, creative. Well, it sounds like you have a very independent mindset, anyway. So yes. that's like white <laughs> framework. Yes, right. So, and uh, I'm curious though, your father actually yes. is. Um, what's the best of of your father's
3: so it was called Village Crown uh-huh. it was on uh, 3rd Avenue between 12 and 13th Street mm. uh, and um, he had another one right next to it and then uh, he had one on 75th and 1st Avenue he had a cafe on 17th Street mm-hmm. and um, and what was it 17th between 5th and 6th mm-hmm. and then two more on the Upper West side when mm. I was very little but and um, and and after all of that, he uh, condensed everything to a catering company. Mm-hmm. So we stopped with the restaurants and he did everything from the catering. Mm-hmm. And, and that happened in 2006, when uh, a year after I came here, and that's mm-hmm. when I really started getting into the into the mm. into the cooking. Okay. So. Um, I worked at the catering Mm. and in the catering world I mean there is no cuisine you know you're Mm. not doing one thing right you're doing everything so today come a person that wants Italian tomorrow comes a person that wants a French style or Mm. Ethiopian or or Israeli or Greek or whatever it is so I had to teach myself to cook everything you Mm. know basically
2: right so that's amazing that you really had to expand your yeah. kind of uh, repertoire. It,
3: it was, but, you know, at the same time I had like 5,000 items on my menus and it was insane. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I couldn't keep up with myself anymore. So mm. I, I think that condensing and doing one thing is, uh, is also uh, very important to be perfect at it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's something I learned.
2: Right. So they, well, with that kind of uh, extensive experience, how yes. do you come up with uh, the concept of Beyond Sushi?
3: So Beyond Sushi uh, came up when we did our sushi station. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a sushi station that we had in in the events, and uh, we had to uh, give an answer to um, a restriction in because it was kosher. Everything that I'm talking about, my dad's, was kosher. So there was a restriction for some people in the jewish culture where they cannot eat meat mm. and eat or eat fish and then eat meat right away uh, so we we put up uh, a vegetarian option and we wanted to make it interesting and not just like uh, you know cucumber rolls or avocado rolls mm. and, and so we came up with the black rice and started playing with that and i saw the reaction from people and uh, i said okay we're on to something let's start developing it At one point, my wife joined me Mm -hmm. in the the catering company, Mm -hmm. uh, my wife-to-be. So we weren't married yet, but Mm -hmm. she she, uh, came to work for the company. And uh, she said, oh, this is really cool, and we should try it out. And she reached out to the vegetarian food festival Mm -hmm. and asked me to put a station over there. And we saw the reaction over there. And... And I decided, okay, we're on to something. Let's do something fun with it. Mm -hmm. And I developed the flavors, developed uh, another kind of rice, uh, Mm -hmm. developed a menu to uh, expand besides the sushi, the rice paper wraps and salads. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, tried it again the year after. And then at one point said, okay, this is it. Mm -hmm. We should go ahead with it and uh, and open. And I basically, uh, I did it very untraditional. I put... All of... Them. I had no investors, no nobody. Mm. So I loaned the money and I put everything by myself up mm. uh, for my first location. And I... That plop-
2: was on uh, 14th Street.
3: Yeah. And I probably had like $1,000 left when I opened it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I'm not joking. Wow. And I worked from 3 o'clock in the morning till... Eleven o'clock at night every day for Mm. I don't know how long. So
2: that was a gut feeling that the vegetarian, the reaction for vegetable. It was
3: a suicide, you know, mission. It was a bet, you know. You take a bet, and Mm -hmm. in life, you have to risk. I really believe it's, it's not really a bet because I really believed in myself. I really Mm -hmm. believed in what I do. I really believed that no matter what, Mm. I'll pull through and make it, make it good. And that's what I did. I mean, I started with three, two employees and me, Mm. and I was the cook, the dishwasher the the waiter if necessary the <laughs> bookkeeper the everything mm. so uh, and then we went from there
2: right well it's amazing you have four locations and you're getting ready for another one right now yes so.
3: the fifth location coming right. I mean, next so, week so
2: wow, good luck yes <laughs> well thank you for coming today thank you <laughs> um so the um the concept of Beyond sushi so for listeners who never been there yes. what what's the essence of uh, Beyond sushi
3: so Beyond Sushi started as, and my vision for it was, uh, it was strictly for the health mm. part of things. It wasn't vegan, uh, that's another. It wasn't vegan when I opened. It was oh, vegetarian. Okay. We had egg products, mm. and that's what I said. I was very ignorant about this whole, this whole world mm. that I that became me now. You know, right. uh, and it was vegetarian for two weeks.
1: Okay. Uh, it became
3: <laughs> vegan uh, really quick. Uh, mm. My customers uh, basically demanded it. They will be vegan, so mm-hmm. I made it vegan. I just uh, altered uh, the recipes mm-hmm. uh, but it was all, all about uh, a healthy light option that did not exist Okay. Uh, that did not have the uh, the fish in it or uh, any animal products heavy animal products mm-hmm. into it uh, <clears throat> and then it evolved I mean like everything else in in, in this world I think that mm. just with time it evolves it evolves I evolve all the time my mm. palate changes I I create better uh, more interesting mm. things as we go
2: right so the, let me just go back to the, even in the reaction at the food yeah. show yes. so people are really into vegetable taste or they want it to be healthy
3: so so first of all I think that vegan a vegan concept is... Uh, a, a, the vegan concept in general, they, they, it's driven a, for vegan people and mm. for, for, for belief that is so deep, besides just uh, just the food, mm. but it's, it, it's a way of life. Okay? Mm. So that's where it stems from. But then it's so... People see it as a limitation, uh, mm. but I see it as a, an opportunity to be creative. Okay? So if you get creative with it and it's flavorful and it's tasty mm. and it looks beautiful right. and uh, it, it delivers everything that any other food that you're accustomed to mm. uh, would deliver, then there is no, nothing to hide from. Right. It's, it's great. And mm. that's why, just so you know, we have over 60% of our customers are not vegan or vegetarian, mm. which is you know, a good number.
2: That makes sense. Like, lately, you know, we started to see more um, vegetarian restaurants. Like, yeah. for instance, Janjo's ABCV. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's more for celebrating the flavor of vegetables, like yes. seasoned vegetables. And, you know, the Japanese food, we don't divide vegetarian or not, because we kind of everyday vegetarian. And yeah. then throw in some Sometimes. protein and yeah. fish. So, um, I think that the way people call vegetarian is more kind of commercial yeah. term.
3: Uh, I, look, Back in the old days, uh, you wouldn't eat protein or meat every day, mm. and, and even if you did, it wasn't it wasn't the meat that we eat today. It wasn't processed mm. as much as it is today. I, a, a protein or uh, or an animal product meal would be once a week, once every two weeks. Today, mm. it's three times a day. I mean. it... it they say, and this is according to uh, a lot of uh, research that I, uh, I've read and I've watched, mm. that it's worse for you to eat meat than anything else. I mean, it, it, in terms of health, it clogs your arteries and, uh, and the fattiness that comes from it. So the trend is that way, and mm. it's growing, and a lot to do with the health. Mm. Uh, and, um, and I'm not just riding the trend I I really believe in it you know? mm. I, uh, I I really believe in what I do and in terms of uh, being a chef it just gives me an opportunity to be creative that's all I always worked with restrictions kosher world is full of restrictions you mm-hmm. cannot do a million things so for me this was, it was a comfortable place you know it wasn't uh, a hard place
2: mm, interesting yeah and it's like you know like you you said vegetarian lifestyle yes. for some people I think it's becoming more for many people yes Right and uh, yeah, the way you look at uh, beyond sushi, it's. I really thought it was beyond sushi yeah. because it's not just beyond traditional sushi, yep. but beyond how you perceive food. Yes. Not just what you eat, what you choose to eat. It's that, that
3: was uh, that was was the name. We we uh, put a lot of thought into that, but. Today, sometimes because of the sushi part of it we have a lot of people that come in and think that it's, it's traditional sushi mm. uh, but yeah I mean it's all about it's all about uh, celebrating the vegetables and celebrating the and creating from that something that's just an exact uh, you can get the same amount of fulfillment enjoyment mm. uh, from the food that you would with any other food
1: right. it doesn't
3: matter. Uh, You just got to put the right parts together.
2: Mm, Right. And uh, so what kind of mission do you have at uh, Beyond Sushi?
3: So we try to... um, First of all, the the most important thing for me and for the company is our food. Mm. So uh, we try to serve almost perfect food at, uh because you never can never be perfect but mm. almost perfect food at uh, at a very accessible price mm. and that that was key for me uh, from the from the get-go I didn't want because a lot of vegan concept or a lot of vegetarian mm. uh, because it's vegan and because it they make it so expensive mm-hmm. that it's not accessible. The only reason that I have so many customers that are not vegetarian is because it's accessible. They can come to my store, they can go to the one right next to them, and they can still eat at the same price range. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not they're not breaking their bank just to go and and eat a vegetarian sushi because they wouldn't come in, mm-hmm. and then it will be only restricted to that community. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do is serve perfect food mm-hmm. at a um, at a, at a very accessible cost mm-hmm. a, and a very positive attitude that, right. makes, that, <laughs> makes, that makes you not just happy to come in mm-hmm. uh, and eat the, the food, but you know, right. it makes you feel good
2: after. When you say perfect, I mean flavor and the nutrition and...
3: So for me, perfection is, is balance.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: So if you go and look at it, each plate that we, work, we put out, is a, there is a balance of, of color so mm. there's got to be contrast in the plate. The flavor has got to be balanced. So if you, like my best seller is the spicy mango, for instance. Mm. So it has mango, but it has, which gives you that little bit of sweetness, but it has that spice that kicks back and makes, makes everything balanced. Mm. Uh, and for me, when everything <clears throat> is balanced and there is a harmony between the flavors, then, then, then it works.
2: Mm. Right. And also I would add that, you know, the, talking about vegetarian. Yes. Concept, and then it's just like uh, we are at the crossroads of health and flavor and ecological yes. concerns, and yes. everything happened to be really good yes. at vegetarian yes. orientation. So
3: yes, I mean it, it combines everything. I think that that uh, all those uh, all those elements. Uh, once you produce vegetarian, first of all, uh, you're helping the the planet. You you you're eating healthier, mm. uh, but again, there's got to be balanced, and, and food's got to be flavorful and still got to be mm-hmm. got to be good.
2: And, right. Well, the I'm curious that you know the uh, you chose sushi as a foundation of your menu, right? Yes. And then it could be sandwich or yeah. wrap or anything yes. else. So why yes. did you choose sushi? Also?
3: I. I like I said, uh, I like that balance. But for me, food, or in general, it's gotta be. I, I was a drill sergeant at one point in, in the army, <laughs> so it's gotta be consistent. Okay, mm. if you, if I serve it today, if I want my customer to come tomorrow, I gotta give him the same, the same package. I gotta mm. give him the same delivery. There's nothing in the food world that's more consistent than sushi. Okay. Mm. Well, I mean, you can think about it and bring all sandwich can be, you take a bite, the bigger bite, this bite from here, less sauce, more sauce. Mm. My sushi roll is always the same. I mean, it sounds boring, but it, it, it sounds boring, but it, it, we don't even know it. But it, it draws you back because you mm. and hence over 50 percent of returning customers in, mm. my, in the restaurants. Okay. So and that's the base of that's the base of our our mm. customers and and that's that's why I was trying to achieve. So the sushi is a vessel for me,
2: right? It's well, a that's so it
3: carry the flavors.
2: Well, essence of sushi because sushi chefs do you, they actually they don't basically don't want you to put extra soy sauce yes. or so because it's a package, yes, it's a perfect package. Yes, so.
3: it's got to be perfect. It's got to be carry all the stuff that you want in it.
2: Mm. Okay. And, uh, well, I was looking at the menu at the Beyond Social. It's crazy elaborate and unique. Like, for instance, uh, the rice paper wrap called Spicy Shroom is made of baby green soba noodles, spicy bean sauce, enoki mushroom, shiitake, popela, pickled ginger cashews, mm-hmm. and served with shiitake chowho sauce. Yes. And the other example is chickpea. It's not chickpea, but chickpea, yeah. which is cute, <laughs> uh, which is made of black rice, roasted uh, eggplant, artichoke, English cucumber topped with saffron, chickpea puree, and parsley, served with tahini sauce. It's like, yeah. it was like and restaurant sumac. dish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how, how do you... So there's a
3: lot. Of, there's a lot of flavor going on.
2: Right, and do you approach food as like a restaurant dish or...
3: So I approach it as, uh, in my mind, I, I, I'm going to let you on a secret. I, When I build these things, I, 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 I just imagine them in my head. I don't even build them before. I, I don't try them and then try and then try. Mm. I build them in my head. The flavors are very... I have memories of flavors in my head where I can say okay this and this and this and this mm. will layer up really nice. Of course I tried before I put on the menu <laughs> but uh but in my head it's 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 all those flavors come together mm. and create a create a, a harmony. You know? mm. And I, a lot of times it stems from different like if you look at my life fiesta it has a, all the flavors are uh somewhat latin Okay, and they come together really well and they always will and they always did mm. you just put it into, uh, into that little package that is perfect and chickpea is very Mediterranean and everything that I
2: mm. and
3: that's the only thing that I have Mediterranean over there that I grew up on Right. You
2: know? Yeah, it has everything I expect in Mediterranean. Yeah. Delicious. That's the p- package. Perfect package. Thank you. Right. Okay. So uh, we'll take a quick break here, and when we come back, uh, we'll discuss, um, guys, Begin's uh, concept was more deeply. So please stay with us.
0: This episode is brought to you by Worldwide Soba. Are you interested in making your own Japanese noodles or buying premium handmade Japanese noodles, including soba, udon, and ramen? Worldwide Soba is a Japanese restaurant consulting company specializing in Japanese noodles. Its services include teaching noodle and soup making, recipe development, staff training, and increasing restaurant and management efficiency. Worldwide Soba has provided consulting services to the Patina Restaurant Group, Samurai Papa, Brooklyn Ball Factory, and over 40 other restaurants. The next time you slurp a bowl of ramen, udon, or soba in New York, you may be enjoying noodles made by Worldwide Soba. They make them fresh each day and send them out to restaurants across the city. The founder and CEO of Worldwide Soba, Shuichi Kotani, also teaches classes to chefs as well as to the public, which are perfect for parties or corporate events. One of his most popular classes, soba making, is held every Sunday afternoon and a tasting is always included. Learn more about Worldwide Soba at worldwide-soba.com. Welcome
2: back. You're listening to Japan Needs broadcasting live from our studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, your host Akiko Katayama, and my guest today is Guy Bagning, who is the owner and executive chef at Beyond Sushi, which has four locations in Manhattan. Um, before we start, though, um, as you may know, this show is only possible thanks to a member of donations. We would do literally not be able to reach you every week without the generosity of members around the world. So uh, becoming a member is very easy. And uh, you can sign up for one-time donation or become a monthly sub- subscribing member by visiting heritageradionetwork.org Net- Heritage uh, slash donate right now. And so let's keep uh, food radio um, on the air this summer. And thank you so much. So uh, let's go back to the conversation. So we're talking about uh, your creative menu, but um, other things I noticed is that your menu is uh, super nourishing. So do you have a certain nutritional standard for recipe development?
3: Um, I've never, we, you know, this question always came up. Mm. When I first started uh, the menu or thinking about the menu it always came from a from a place where we're looking for the most nutritional Mm. uh, uh, ingredients that we can use Mm. uh, aligning with our uh, with our uh, with our mission of being vegan and uh, aligning with uh, with the recipes and making sure that everything is flavorful
1: Mm. Uh,
3: if you start with great ingredients And you start with good ingredients that have a lot of nutrition and then build out from there. Mm. Uh, And you should be fine and always will be. Uh, I don't calculate every calorie that goes in there. Mm -hmm. I don't calculate every piece of nutrition that goes in there. It's still you got to be creative. It's it's food.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, And there's still got to be a balance. A lot of people are afraid of fat. And afraid mm-hmm. of, uh, of uh, sweeteners. Mm-hmm. Depends what you use. I mean, it depends what, what, what fat you use, what, what, what sweeteners you use. Uh, fat is not a bad word. It's just that it's got to be a balance. If you overdo things, mm. uh, sometimes they taste great, <laughs> right. but they're not very good for you. Mm. But if there is a balance, and, and like we talked before, uh, perfection is, is balancing
1: mm. uh,
3: for me. Uh, so if there is a balance, it's okay, and there is there is fat, there is, but then mm-hmm. it comes from the avocado, it comes from some of our sauces, right. uh, the oils I use are very important as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't I don't calculate every calorie. Mm. You know? Well, you I, I
2: ask a question because I'm kind of into that kind of you know uh, functional food. Like yes. I, I I really I'm into kind of uh, high fat, yeah, you know low carb diet for good energy. Yes, and uh, like tahini with yeah. sesame oil yeah. It's amazing for your. Health.
3: it's very it's very i mean it's long again if the products are good if you're using good products i don't use uh you can get very uh very uh processed products and for a cheaper price mm. uh, if you use good products, the vegetables gotta be uh the best that you can get your hands on. And again, we keep keeping it accessible. I cannot, you know, if I certify that everything is organic, mm-hmm. then the rolls will double up on price. Right. And that's, that's it's a shame because mm-hmm. I wish that I can do that, but that's what it is. But if I double up, if I ask somebody to pay $14 for a roll, mm. they won't come in to eat lunch, you know? Right. So it's a problem. It's, mm. it's like, it's the same balance.
2: Right. Well, I think your concept really... It reflects a lot of issues surrounding yes, food right yes, now yes.
3: very hard very there's moments that it's very hard you mm-hmm. know and uh problems in uh in uh in japan you know caused uh, i had a uh a rise in uh in nori prices for instance because mm-hmm. of the back in the with the earthquake mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of manufacturers that were right there where the where the where the
2: the nuclear plant. the nuclear yeah right. the nuclear
3: plant so all the prices dropped
2: mm-hmm. uh, you
3: can't you can't reflect whatever happens over there over here right. so uh, it it all you know it's all together like it, it, right. one thing that happens over there you know happens over here too mm-hmm. and, right. over and
2: also there. you know there is different theories like it used, to, used to be like um you know like marathon runners you have to eat a lot of carbs which is now contentious, yeah. and yeah. then Atkins diet—is it yeah. good or not? And a bread coffee and you know buttered coffee—it's but yeah. really there's so
3: many there's so many opinions. I right. think I think that you should, for me, is I put in my body certain things. If they make me feel good, I know that they're good for me. If mm. they make me feel bad, I know that they're bad for me. Interesting. Well, I, I, can- I as soon as I eat meat, I. If, if when I used to, mm. I used to go to sleep right away.
2: Right.
3: That that's that made me understand that you know this mm. is not. This Which
2: is not the remind me of that you know that there's a, a research that the group of kids just live in the room mm-hmm. with variety of food. Yeah, vegetables, spinach to sugary cake, uh-huh. and then in a couple of days, kids pick whatever yeah. they want to eat. Not always going for a sweet or fatty. And healthy food because their body wants some yeah. good vegetables Yeah. so as far as we are more conscious of what we want to eat yeah. you know listening to your body
3: yeah I've, I've always I mean my, my wife always laughs at me but I've always even before I became vegan I've always I couldn't eat dinner if there wasn't something green that I could eat mm. with it I, I couldn't I mean it's not a I don't think it's a habit I think it's something that my body was asking for it more mm. than anything. It doesn't matter if I was vegetarian, not vegan. Mm. It still always, you know, it needed that. Right. I don't know.
2: Mm. And depending on the day, you feel like eating different things. That's oh, yeah. Oh the yeah. reflection. The weather.
3: The day. Right. <laughs> it all depends, <laughs> always.
2: Right. So speaking of that, so who, uh, who are your customers?
3: Uh, who are my customers? Uh, most of them are regulars. Mm. And you'll be surprised. Like I said, Sixty percent are not vegetarian. A lot of them come back two, three, four times a week,
1: mm.
3: which is very important in this uh, in this business. Um, and I I based myself now in Midtown more than ever. Uh, we get a lot of tourists in Chelsea Market, mm. uh, but in Midtown is where we do the bulk of our business in Thirty Seventh Street and Fifty Sixth Street. I was just today at Fifty Sixth Street. Summertime is our our high season, Mm. even though for a lot of restaurants, it's it's their low season. For us, it's like when when we work the most, it's like a madhouse. Mm. So so summertime, uh, and I would say 80% women, Mm. something like that. Uh, I think women are more conscious of their health uh, than men. It's a
2: beach season. Yeah.
3: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that women in general are more conscious of their health mm. than, than men. Interesting, and, right? Uh, it is, but it's... Uh, I, I, from what I see, from what my customer, from what I see in the restaurant, uh, and from what I've learned from them, because I've learned so much from my customers. Mm. I I change my lifestyle because of them.
1: Right. Yeah,
3: so I, I think that... Uh, that I, I, I don't think so. I know that women are more conscious about their health. Mm. Than
2: well, it's it's really interesting that like one of the reasons your place is so popular. I thought you know the health food is sushi, yeah. and the Japanese food is booming, partly because it's healthy.
0: Yeah,
2: and uh, like you know men tend to go to steakhouse because yeah. men's culture is like yeah. you have to be really powerful, being able yeah. to eat. Yeah. Food. I'm, I'm
3: strong, <laughs> right? so I promise you I'm strong. Yeah, but, I don't need meat
2: <laughs> right? Yeah, so I'm okay. Uh,
3: I, I mean, I work. I've worked five years straight, like eighteen hours a day. I'm okay.
2: You, mm, know? you have a so, lot of energy. Yes, yeah, so.
3: it's, it's, it's okay. I mean, you. you I don't think that. Uh, it's not. I don't think. I know mm. that I don't need the. I don't need the animal product. I don't need the meat. Mm. It doesn't make me strong.
2: That's very interesting. Yeah. Right. Because I think people tend to think vegetarian. It's like very. It's almost like a religious thing. No. Like you know. It's like no. a side. No,
3: no, no. <laughs> I mean, go ask any of my employees who, who uh, who is like the mm. the one that can carry. Yeah, like, I work. I mean, I, I I'm there. I know. Uh, it's not a. I don't think it's a lot to do i mean it is and it's mm-hmm. not but i don't need i'm a proof that you don't mm-hmm. need that you know
2: right and i, I think uh, you really came into this business at the right time because people started to eat more vegetables yeah. as a regular you know gourmet it's
3: funny i didn't think about it it was a mistake <laughs> <laughs> it just happened you know, well that's but, uh, your yeah, luck that's my luck
2: yeah so now the green market provides yeah. more
3: interesting
2: yeah. Good vegetables yeah. and everything coming to move towards vegetarian.
3: I think that it's it's all because people demand it. Mm. The industry changes according to what people demand. It's mm. not it's nothing to do with the industry. The industry just follows the demand. And the markets and, and everybody around it. I mean, you can see companies that have been in business for many years and now converting and converting and converting, converting according to the demand. Uh, you just gotta you just gotta open your eyes and make sure that you're not. Uh, even though a lot of things are labeled green today and are done green, they're not really. So you just mm-hmm. gotta open your eyes and make sure that you're really? eating. Because ve- vegan food is not necessarily. If you eat vegan, doesn't mean that you're eating good. You know, it all depends also what you eat. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of vegan restaurants in the city uh, that you'll go to, and I'm not here to name names. A, the amount of grease and the amount of, uh, of fried food and the amount of carbs that you're eating while you're eating them mm. is, is is not good for you. And this is something that we, we are unique about. We're not offering that. We're offering uh, vegan, but it's also healthy, mm. you know, with a balance.
1: And
2: right. That,
3: and that's the difference.
2: Mm. Right. And uh, so your customers... Yeah. I mean, majority non-vegetarian people. Mm-hmm. So are they? I mean, any age group, gender? I mean,
3: yeah. Uh, we have. Uh, it's normally younger,
2: mm-hmm.
3: younger, uh, younger age group, millennials. Mm. Uh, we get a lot of tourists that come. We, uh, we're very big on social media and very big on uh, on the review websites. We get great reviews mm-hmm. thanks to our customers. And to the great team that I have. We have 65 employees now, which mm-hmm. just run this whole big operation. Wow. Yeah, it's a big one. Uh, and they're all great. Uh, but our customers uh, are from all over. A lot of people from Japan. You'll be surprised. Mm. I've done many, uh, many interviews and uh, mm-hmm. shows even for the for middle school in japan i did a whole video for their school oh, wow. yeah awesome <laughs> we're on their airline and all this mm. other stuff
2: well that's really interesting that you know hopefully maybe you can just open a brunch in japan and eventually it's it's interesting <laughs> that sushi yeah you really named it properly like again beyond sushi because sushi is the concept yeah to have the very versatile i'm creating the word it's versatile and uh you know, you can't use any kind of ingredients.
3: Basically. I mean, right. It's just, uh, like I said, it's just a vessel. So right. it just carries whatever you put inside. Mm-hmm. And it packaged perfect. Right. A, it doesn't
2: have to be with fish. It can be anything.
3: It, do, it, it does not. And uh, people say, oh, they come in, and you can tell everybody else. that that, that question me all the time. Oh, this is not sushi. Sushi is vinegar rice, according to... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the description that I found on, uh, on on the in the dictionary. So mm. it's vinegar and rice, and that's what it is. So, uh, all the rest is up for the imagination,
2: mm. more than anything. Right. I think so. Mm. So based on what you see among your customers, on well, in your, your new minds, uh, what? How do you predict the future of this vegetarian diet?
3: I mean, it's all gonna grow. It's only gonna grow. Uh, there is no other way because the. I think that the planet cannot support
1: Mm. uh,
3: any other way. Right. So uh, it's only going in this direction. Whether we want it or we don't want it or we agree with it or we don't agree with it, uh, we got to the point that we are trying to uh, push the limits on it because we can see the effects of it already. We can see, uh, even though our president thinks that the world is not warming up, it is. Mm. I'm sorry. (laughs) So... We can see the effects of it. It's not going anywhere else. It's just going in this direction, and uh, whether beyond sushi or not beyond sushi, or it doesn't matter. I'm not even, you know, looking at this in general. It's, mm. it's going in that direction,
2: right? Yeah, I really appreciate because I'm really into this vegetarian, you know, nutritionally. Yes. how much it's effective. I started to read a lot of stuff. So okay, yeah, so. beautiful,
3: beautiful. Mm. And hopefully, you can come visit us.
2: I <laughs> will soon. <laughs> um, so, what's your plan? Uh, for the future? Mm. Uh,
3: mm. Uh, uh, nothing is certain. You know, Nothing is certain. But the plan is that we expand. Next year, we're looking at three more mm. in Mahan. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, the year after, uh, we're still in discussion of how it's going to be. But for next year, we're planning for three more. We're going to expand uh, for sure. I think that there is a lot more room for it. Mm. And I get a lot of requests all over the country. I I've I've, haven't had uh, the time to really think about where next or how next or where to go and what to do with it. Mm. Um, it's just a matter of time. I really love the concept. I really love what I do. So it's very hard for me to think that I'm not going to be around it somewhere mm. in Miami or in... California or right. wherever. Oh uh, well, we'll see. I mean mm-hmm. for now it's three more next year and maybe three the year after.
2: Right.
3: Yeah we just laid out the grounds for it. So before we didn't even have the ability to do that
1: mm-hmm. before
3: we opened this one. Now we have the grounds and we're ready to ready to expand. We built a company basically. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why amazing. we took a break. Well we took a break. We didn't open the last one I opened before 37 was in 2014, mm-hmm. so I took a break just to, uh, just, to, uh, just to get everything ready.
2: Right. So, wow, that's amazing. When you came here, you never imagined you create a little empire of vegetarian sushi. So...
3: No, I, <laughs> I had no clue. <laughs> mm, okay. I had no clue even in three months before I opened it. <laughs> I had a vision, but I had no clue that it's going to happen. Mm. It all—it all starts with a vision and drive. That's what I
2: think. Right. Well, For you're good energy coming out of this vegetarian food. So. <laughs>
3: yeah. Thank right. God. I mean, it's—it's it's either that or I'm homeless.
2: But. <laughs> <laughs> well. So, congratulations and uh, good luck.
3: Thank you very much.
2: And thank you for joining us today, guys.
3: Sure, thank you.
2: So, listeners, if you'd like to know more about Guy's amazing job, uh, please go to BeyondSushiNYC.com. And uh, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for guests or topics of the show, please c- uh, contact us at JapanEats at the Heritage Radio Network.org or Kikokatema.com. And Japanese is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays and always available at org, iTunes, and Stitcher Podcast. And today's show was made possible by Worldwide Soba. And our engineer is Mike Oldmark. And see you, thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.